Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Uh, it's going fine. It's been a, uh, a wild week in the United States, so we've seen some uh, some disturbing images, I guess you could say. And then we see today, uh, we're recording this just a few hours ago, had a big uh, terrorist attack in Barcelona as well. So uh, just some, some really painful imagery from this week. Yeah, I, I think I would just characterize it as kind of a heavy week, just feeling a, a real uh, burden yeah. and not a whole lot that any of us can do. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you on that. I, and I know you've also had a busy week, uh, as well as our other seminaries, uh, a lot of them going back to school this week. Uh, I heard reports from right. uh, Midwestern, from Southern. I know, you know, from you at Southeastern, had a, I, from what I understand, had a lot of women at the uh, the Southeastern new students. Yeah, that's uh, that's been really great. I've gotten to know so many new students and um, have, of course, been at events where all of them are. Uh, we have lots of orientation events, as everyone does, and a, um, a big cookout this week, and that, that was a lot of fun. Um, but we have had some uh, meet and greet type things with, for all of the, the women that are coming in as new students. And man, what a crowd. And it's just really fun to get to meet them, hear their stories, uh, hear where they're from. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited uh, just to see these new faces on our campus. Yep. Uh, a lot of new faces on a lot of different campuses this week. And whenever you mention a, a meet and greet type thing and, and cookouts, and what does that entail? What kind of cookouts are we talking? Are we talking Carolina barbecue? Uh, well, this time, so I, I was pretty impressed. Our student life team always kind of comes through and has different things, very creative. So I think for lunch this week, they had a choice between tacos and Mediterranean food. And then uh, for the picnic at dinner, um, it was Olive Garden and um, barbecue. Okay. Well, we do want to remind everybody that this week's episode is sponsored by the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whether you are preparing to plant or revitalize churches in North America or take the gospel to places where Christ is not yet known, the Billy Graham School is committed to training the next generation of Great Commission leaders. Learn more about the Billy Graham School's MDiv, DMIN, or other degree programs today by visiting sbts.edu slash bgs. Again, that's sbts.edu slash bgs. G.S. I was uh, talking to Dean Greenway today uh, up at the Billy Graham School at Southern, and uh, he was mentioning that they've got a couple of new programs coming online, uh, an MDiv in apologetics, also an MA program for that. So some really exciting things. And he was sharing with me some enrollment numbers, just some record enrollment numbers at the Billy Graham School. So uh, congratulations to all of our friends up at the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Amy, let's jump into the news. Amy, we mentioned at the top of the show it's been a heavy week, and a lot of that revolves around last weekend's events in Charlottesville. Yeah, and one of the things I said, um, just reflecting on the week, everything from that to Barcelona was it's such a struggle because you feel like there's not a whole lot that we can do. The The truth is there's one thing we can do, and that is what our leaders have really uh, urged us. There's a, a BP story with a lot of leaders across the Southern Baptist Convention just talking about the one thing we can do is pray. Yeah, Byron Day, the president of the National African American Fellowship of the SBC, said he was deeply saddened by the events in Charlottesville, and he's praying for a country which continues to be divided by racial tensions and weakened as a nation by those who insist on pursuing a supremacist agenda. Uh, he's encouraging all Southern Baptists to fervently pray for revival in our land. 
and that only the gospel of Jesus Christ can heal and bring true peace. Well said, uh, Reverend Day. Yeah, the whole the whole article is good. Just lots of quotes from people and just talking about how important it is for us to speak with clarity about the issue of racism, that we have to call it what it is, that we have, if anyone's going to speak about it, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be us because uh, the the gospel shows a different way, and um, so there there's a a lot about that. Um, it, this was a it was a hard thing for me we, because we had lived in Virginia uh, for for several years. We were not in the Charlottesville area, but we visited Charlottesville uh, a fair amount, and uh, we're we're kind of in that part of the state. And then um, just just knowing the people and the leaders that are trying to the leaders at the state level that are trying to um, to handle that situation there, they were very familiar. So just this was just tough. And there's something in us that needs to be broken by what we are seeing. Um, and then we need to be ready to move forward for a better way, all of us. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we, we talked a lot about coming out of the Southern Baptist uh, Convention annual meeting in Phoenix earlier this year after the resolution that passed against the alt-right. That was a challenging couple of days that we had in Phoenix, uh, but I think, as you can see after this week, that was something that was needed from us, and a very clear statement was provided by uh, the Southern Baptist Convention on the alt-right and white supremacy. So another thing we talked about at the annual meeting was the Evangelism Task Force that was appointed by Dr. Steve Gaines. Uh, they met for the first time this week over in Fort Worth. Uh, a few familiar faces on that. Uh, Adam Greenway, we mentioned earlier. Uh, also, I see Jim Shattuck in there, uh, Steve yeah. Gaines, uh, Doug Mutton, who was the past first vice president of the SPC. I see Jeff Orge, Jimmy Scroggins, uh, Jordan Easley, Matt Queen, David Allen, and a host of others. Uh, a lot of familiar faces there, I know, Amy, and got a lot of updates on social media about this. Yeah, lots of lots of chatter about it. And then the, the story uh, came out, uh, showed a picture of them outside. Um, out, is that the chapel? No, that's Mathena that Hall, the new, the new oh, building. Oh, okay, the new, the, new the new building. Okay, um, so showing a picture outside. There's a great uh, shot of Jimmy Scroggins. Uh, you can tell it's the three circles up on the um, uh, up on the whiteboard, that evangelism sort of model, uh, a way to share the gospel. So it looks like uh, looks like they've already really gotten started. Yeah, one of the coolest things to come out of this meeting was actually before the meeting even started. James Merritt shared a a story on Twitter about how he was able to lead somebody to Christ on the plane on the way out there, and the flight attendants uh, were you know watching and and even passed like a note of thank you uh, to him for uh, sharing his faith on the plane there. Really incredible. Yep. And that's not the only news coming out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area this week. Guidestone issued a report from their recent trustee meeting congratulating O.S. Hawkins on his 20th year as president of Guidestone. Two decades. That's big. Yeah. He had uh, served for four years as a pastor of First Baptist Dallas before taking the job at Guidestone. Been there now two decades. Pretty amazing uh, the growth that they've seen over the past couple of decades under his leadership. They saw their investments, Amy, increased $485 million on the retirement investment contributions uh, that they had last year. That increased $21 million year over year. So big year last year in retirement investment income uh, for Guidestone. That's really incredible. Well, congratulations to uh, Dr. Hawkins on that big milestone. Yep. Also mentioned in the story are a couple of new books that are coming out from Dr. Hawkins, The Christmas Code, and the Believer's Code, the Christmas one, obviously, a celebration of the Advent season. And the Believer's Code's a, a 
devotional book to unlock the blessings in God's Word. So uh, those are both available soon. If you uh, have the Joshua Code and the other codes from Dr. Hawkins, want to pick up these two to complete the set, I'm sure. All right, moving on up to Vermont, the Northeastern Baptist College, they've got an agreement, Amy, to purchase a former elementary school as their future campus home. This is great. Uh, the picture that's, that's a in cool the story, building. It's, it is a really cool looking building. Um, very, very neat. So it's a former elementary school, 65,000 square feet, four stories, um, and it's a brick school, school building that opened in 1899. Wow. Yeah. A 19th century building. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, really, really neat. They've got um, nearly 60 students right now um, with 30 faculty and staff. So they are uh, just working to kind of grow and develop all the time. And what a great thing uh, up there in the New England area that certainly uh, needs trained uh, ministers. And uh, th- this is just this is just neat. I've, I've heard about the work that they've been doing um, in in Vermont, uh, but to see this building, I know that's very exciting news for them. Yep. If they uh, if they wind up getting this building and, and doing some work on it and doing a ribbon cutting, we should go to that because Vermont, that sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. We have some friends, some Southeastern students that are church planters in Vermont, and Keith and Mary have been up to visit them. Hopefully, I think I get to go on the next trip, so maybe I can uh, swing through Bennington then. Yep, very cool. Big news from the southeastern world. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Walter Strickland being elevated to associate vice president. Got some other appointments this week uh, from your neck of the woods, Amy. Yes, so uh, we announced Jim Shaddix was appointed director of the Southeastern Center for Pastoral Leadership and Preaching. So uh, this is a center that's been around for a little while, just focusing really on the role of pastor and how we can better help and resource those who are out there in pastoral ministry and help raise up um, from among our student body, students going out, people preparing for the pastorate. So uh, Jim Shaddix is is no stranger to Southern Baptist. You just mentioned him uh, already from the Evangelism Task Force, and um, he is is a phenomenal preacher and uh, the, the, just a very good fit for this. So we're really excited about that. Um, also, Al James, who is a uh, former IMB missionary, just really um, wonderful professor. He's going to head up the Equip Network, um, which is our uh, sort of partnership with local churches. So they get hands-on ministry experience at like on a, on a church staff and um, then they use online learning or coming, you know, on campus for hybrids, things like that. And they get course credit uh, that way and can get a degree. And then uh, Kristen Kellen is mentioned in there. We talked about that last week uh, that that had already come out from us. So assistant professor of biblical counseling, but we're excited about um, all of these appointments. Also in that uh, article at Baptist Press is uh, an announcement from Southern Seminary uh, that Kyle Claunch will be joining them as Assistant Professor of Christian Theology in the School of Theology. Uh, so congratulations to him as well. He's also serving as the lead pastor at Highland Park First Baptist Church in the Louisville area. Congratulations to Dr. Claunch uh, for that. Really exciting things happening at our seminaries. Yes, there are. All right, Amy, now October is the time for the Dove Awards. The Dove Awards nominees came out this past week. Several Southern Baptists nominated for them, including one Travis Cottrell uh, for Hope Alive in Me in the Musical and Choral Collection of the Year. Last year, Southern Baptist Mike Harland took home the top award in this category. Uh, This year, uh, Travis is up for that. Fantastic. And uh, no surprise uh, to to see Travis Cottrell 
um, in this list. Um, I haven't even gotten a chance to look at the entire thing. Do you watch the Dev Awards? Or are you a big Dev Award? Not really. I, I don't know if I have the channel that they come on. I may do. I, I may, but I'm not really aware. I don't watch a lot of TV as it is. I'm trying to get tickets this year. I, it's possible that I may go to the Dove Awards. It's on my birthday after all. Oh, wow. You should because it's right there. One of the things, this is just me personally not trying to complain. One of the things that's tough about the Dove Awards for me is that it happens on one night and then it it, it, it doesn't then it's air until later. later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so by the time it airs, you already, already know who seen, won. Right. Yeah. So I kind of enjoy the live award shows um, because you get sort of the surprise and the spontaneous, but um, but that's just me. So I think you should try to get tickets. I, I will talk to Mike Harlan. He he last year had mentioned if I ever want to go, he can hook me up. So I, I may try to do oh, that. Nice. It's my birthday. That'd be kind of fun to go uh, to that on my birthday. Uh, one thing, Lauren Daigle took home the most nominations, but she's not nominated. For artist of the year, which is uh, a bit surprising. Uh, yeah, that is a bit surprising. I really, I really like her. She's got a great yep. voice. We saw her in uh, in concert here in Nashville last year, so that was uh, pretty neat. Took the older two and saw her and Hillsong United uh, at concert in the Bring in the Bridgestone. Yeah. Well, Amy, uh, also of note this week, the Museum of the Bible announced this week that they're going to be offering free admission. Uh, like the Smithsonian's and other major museums in the D.C. area, they are able to offer free admission to guests whenever it opens later this year. That's really great. They do. They have some membership options. So then that allows unlimited early access, discounts in the gift shop, and some other things uh, that, that are on their website. So that helps to underwrite the free admission for others. All right. We got a Lifeway Research uh, study this week also, Amy. Uh, survey spotlights Americans' view on sin. Which of the following best describes you? You, Amy. I'm a sinner and I work on being less of one. 34% said that. I'm a sinner and I depend on Jesus Christ to overcome sin. 28% sin does not exist. 10% of people, uh, these are Americans, uh, say that sin does not exist. 8% uh, say that they're not a sinner. Uh, and 5% say that they are a sinner and they're okay with it. And then 15% uh, said they preferred not to say. So the 15% that prefer not to say, that doesn't completely surprise me. No, I'm surprised it's not higher. Yeah. Sin does not exist. That's... That's very surprising to me. Yeah. 10% said, I, I thought you were making a statement. You weren't reading the thing in, at first. I got a little confused there. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, yeah. One of the answers was, yes. sin I does not, not exist. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. But then you said sin does not exist. Right. Yeah, 10%, oh, one saying. out of 10 don't believe that sin exists. And then people that do believe, possibly, say that they're not sinners. Yeah. So I, I'm trying not to get too far into politics, but we had a very public person kind of I guess maybe indicate that or indicate something yeah. about forgiveness in the last year. So I, I know I've heard that and people have said things like that um, or similar things. Sin does not exist is a tough one because I would like to ask those people. I mean, is there anything that you see in well, the I mean, world that is around this bad? Week. Yeah. Is, I mean, you look at murder and uh, just some thing. Do you have a, sort of a threshold at all that, I mean, this is 10% of people saying sin does not exist. Yeah. I'm very, very surprised by that. Here's how I think you could rationalize that and, and come to that conclusion. If, if you're not believing that there is a God or that there is any type of supreme being, you know, if you're that far out, then sin in its definition is offending a holy God. Well, if you don't believe in God, then you don't believe it's possible to offend him, then there is no sin. I mean, that, maybe that's the logic that they would walk down. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. to us obviously, but I could see how maybe you could work that into your head. 
Yeah. So the kind of the, the the issue between I am a sinner and I work on being less of one, or I am a sinner and I depend on Jesus Christ to overcome sin. Um, certainly, that second statement is what uh, we would hope uh, for people to understand. Um, but the the other one, the one that got thirty four percent, is not surprising. I mean, I know many. Um, Christians and church members that might have a tendency to think like that. I'm a sinner and I work on being less of one, but because I think that's just a, an easy, uh, uh, sort of an easy concept for people to, yeah. to fall into. Yeah. Very, uh, probably tied to cultural Christianity. Right. Very, very much so. But it, it's really interesting. And, and then there were some demographic breakdowns that were interesting. Uh, people in the Northeast more likely to just be fine with it and also more likely to say sin does not exist. Uh, certainly nuns, those with no religious preference, more likely to say sin does not exist. That's 32 percent. Um, I still would love to ask those nuns, but you've got to have something, some moral line that you draw. Um, anyway, lots of breakdowns, breakdowns between uh, Catholic versus Protestant, you know, a, a lot. It, here was interesting, though. Few Americans seem to think that s- most sins put them in spiritual danger. This is the question that really gets me. disagreed with the idea that even the smallest sin um, deserves Hmm. eternal damnation. That's that's pretty amazing. 62% strongly disagreed. So that is a tough one to to take in. Uh, The way Scott McConnell interpreted or he, he talked about how few Americans outside of those with evangelical beliefs say they rely on Jesus to overcome sin. He said to some Americans saying you're a sinner is a way of admitting you're not perfect, but that doesn't necessarily mean you are evil or should be punished for your sin. So, and he says that what he says is it's very clear. That's something the church should pay attention to. Yeah. And I think he's right. He is. All right. Well, last story of the week. Don't have a link for this one, Amy, but I was able to confirm it through a couple of sources. Uh, Vice President of the Missions Resource Center down at WMU, Carol Causey, announced her retirement this week. Uh, that goes into effect September 15th, according to a post online uh, this week. And uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that, see who Sandy Wisdom Martin decides to fill that big role with uh, if it's somebody from the inside or outside if they bring in somebody else so uh, keep an eye on that one that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history amy blow our minds all right so we're going to go to 1976 that is the year um that i was born so i was just a few months old jimmy carter was elected well he was elected in november yes. so that wasn't this week in SBC no. history but maybe that's what i'll talk about in november we'll see anyway this was uh, in in August. Um, Baptist Press starts to really talk about uh, this volcano in um, Guadalupe, which is in uh, in the Caribbean, and it was called La Soufrière, and it's a, a, a it's on. Now, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Probably not. Yeah, Basa Terra. I don't know. I shouldn't even try. Basa Terra. Anyway, okay, fine. That works. This volcano, which is active, they basically just know it is going to erupt. It is one of the most powerful. The explosion will have um, the equivalent of 30 million tons of TNT. Just craziness. Um, but there's this whole whole story in Baptist Press about uh, the the missionaries that were on hand there. Um, they Their names were, the Shahand uh, was the last name, but I actually think I saw in a later Baptist press that I was looking at um, mentioned that their the name may have not been correct. So uh, it, it was still 
there had been six Southern Baptist missionaries assigned to Guadalupe, and this couple were the only ones that were there at the time. Uh, different, another couple was on vacation, and another one was on furlough. Um, and so they're evacuating, um, but Southern Baptists were sort of on the ground. They were helping with disaster relief. Um, they had provided, uh, they had already provided supplies for 250 families for a week. They had done that in July, but by this time in August, it, it was sort of looming in front of them. Yeah. Very interesting story just about how they were preparing. Now there are more stories later about sort of the continuing with, um, the evacuation with everything that, uh, that was going on. But uh, it's just interesting to see in this story um, how disaster relief uh, through the what was the Foreign Mission Board at the time was making a difference on this island and how these missionaries were helping people um, as they as they began to evacuate out of the danger zone. So, you know, I, I just love how that that clip that always talk, was, I think it's Brian Williams on uh, from NBC where he talked about uh, the Baptists you know, showing up to help. Uh, we, this isn't a new thing. We see this uh, throughout the story of, uh, of Southern Baptists, and we certainly saw it um, on the island, on the small island of Guadalupe, uh, and, uh, or on the small island um, of Basatera uh, that, that helps make up Guadalupe. Uh, we saw it this week in SBC history. Yep, so while you were doing that, I looked it up to see what yeah. the fallout was from the, the volcano because mm-hmm. I'd never heard of this volcano and it never exploded. Are you sure? Yeah. In the end, the volcano did not fully erupt or result in any significant damage. Oh, uh, fully. Okay. Because yeah. it did. Because I, I was looking at this even Yeah, on I mean, it some, just kind of like, spouted yeah. out some smoke and that's about it. it I mean, it, it, it really didn't do there. it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they evacuated the entire island and one dude, um, uh, a peasant who had refused to leave his home on the slopes of the volcano it's reminiscent of Harry Truman, who refused to leave his home, uh, not the president, Amy, on Mount St. Helens uh, when that erupted. It didn't work out well for Harry. Uh, but for the uh, the peasant in uh, Basseterre, he wound up making it just fine. There's actually a film about it called La Souffrère. So uh, you can check out the French film. Yeah. Actually, a German film, I guess. He was a German filmmaker, Werner Herzog. Well, so. Yeah, and here's what was interesting is that it's an area in St. Lucia, which is a um, it, it's an island very near Guadalupe, and I'm I'm trying to remember. I think it's yeah, it's a volcano that you can actually drive into. Yep, pass on that. That's a hard pass. Yeah, I've been to it. I went. I drove into this, or I didn't drive into it. I was on like a, a van. Count me out on the driving into volcano excursion on my next Caribbean cruise. Well, uh, so it wasn't a cruise. It was, I was in, this is when I was living nanny. And so, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So one of the kids that, that was, uh, with the family, we went like they had a little day camp at this resort. And so I went and you got, you know, on this van and you went in and there was all these like, I don't know, it looked like smoke or whatever, but it was called, um, La Souffrir. And so when I saw this story in BP, it actually, I thought, wait, what? That's, you know, St. Lucia, but they just have the same name. Oh, all right. Well, that'd been kind of neat if you'd been there. Yes. So, but let's go back to the fact that, uh, okay, so kind of anticlimactic. That's why I couldn't find anything on Baptist Press about the thing erupting. 
but they thought it was going to. They were taking care of their people. They evacuated all of them. The people have to have somewhere to go and have to be taken care of. That's true. The, Good point. The foreign, the foreign mission board was there. Um, so caring for people um, through our missionaries on the ground. And I, I, I still think it's, it's a great story of just showing um, what, so, so showing the impact uh, in different places around the world. There's also an interesting story in that Baptist Press issue about um, Jimmy Carter's autobiography that at that time uh, was the fastest selling book ever published really? by Broadman wow. Press. Wow. Yes. Hmm. All right. Yes. So. Thanks for that, Amy. And, and if you're interested in more volcano information, you can find Amy and I on our other podcast this week in Seismic Activity. Uh, also available at iTunes, I guess. But uh, that's yes. going to move us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is Church Answers. I know that's something we've talked about a little bit in the past, but it's open again right now if you're interested in getting uh, monthly mentoring and you know even maybe even personal coaching from Dr. Tom Rayner. You can do that over at churchanswers.com. You can find out more about that over there. Only 10 bucks a month, and you have a monthly staff call. You've got a church answer board, basically a big forum that you can go in there if you're having an issue in your church or trying to figure out how to handle something. You go in there, put you know the information in, and you get advice and information from all around the country, including some uh, experts in that field, uh, depending on what you're looking for. So uh, Church Answers, a great ministry. Uh, Dr. Tom Rayner's got going on over there. I help out a lot with that. And uh, it's something, one of the cool things we get to do uh, as part of LifeWay. So uh, check it out, churchanswers.com. Amy, your resource of the week is? Well, it's that time of the year again for the Nine Marks at Southeastern Conference. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. at the end of uh, September. That's correct. September 29th and 30th. So that's a Friday and a Saturday. Um, this is the ninth year for it. Yep. Big year. Yeah. Running Big out of year. marks. The uh, ninth mark being leadership. Um, that is, uh, that's, what, that's what they'll be talking about. Um, this year, and we've got some great speakers coming in, as always, uh, Danny Aiken, Mark Dever, and Thabiti Anyabwile. Uh, but this year, also H.B. Charles uh, will be here, Jeremy Wren, and Burke Parsons. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Burke Parsons, co-pastor of uh, St. Andrew's Chapel in Sanford, Florida, also does some work uh, with Ligonier yeah. Ministries. I follow him and, on Yes, and little known trivia about Burke Parsons, although you can find this online. He's not a Parson. Um, he was an original member of the Backstreet Boys. No. No way. Go find it. There's no way. It, you can't just like online. drop that. You can't, you, oh, I'm going to have to find that now. What? You do have to find that. Yes, and the whole story there. So he was part of the five that were chosen. Uh, but then, you know, through a series of events, uh, through a series of events, realized that wasn't just wasn't Good call, what he Bert. wanted. Good call. Yeah. So, but that is uh, that's something that I actually enjoyed uh, telling our events team because when I told them that they didn't believe me, and I, I same produced, here. Yeah, produced some articles about that. Wow. So anyway, yeah. So come join us at Southeastern uh, for the Nine Marks Conference. Uh, it's always a great time, and uh, we'd love to see you. All right. Well, um, wow. I don't. I don't know how to top that. I mean, that. I mean, we just end the show right there. You know, see you next week on that. I mean, wow. I had no idea. So yes. Thanks, Amy, for that one. I, I'm sure I'll, I may get an email from Burke this week going, "What did you people <laughs> talk about?" So I'm we'll not see. sure he listens to our podcast. I'm sure but... he's an avid listener. Yeah. Well. So. 
So next week, Amy, you're going to be in town. We'll be able to record in person next week. That's correct. Because you're coming over for the ERLC National Conference. Looking forward to that. Ben Sass going to be there on Saturday, speaking at that. So got my whole plan to to go. We got some friends coming into town, some friends at best, one of her really good friends, uh, a couple of them actually coming into town for that. So we're looking forward to seeing them. And I know you'll be here. Keith will be here. So uh, you bringing the kids, I guess, staying with the grandparents? Uh, yes, because they've got one more week before school starts and actually coming in town just a little bit early and taking a vacation day on Monday, uh, because my, uh, parents home where, uh, where I grew up is right in the middle of the big, uh, sh- the big stripe for the, oh, really? so you're coming into town this week. Yeah. We're going to come in over the in. weekend. Oh, okay. Yes. The kid, the kids that. and I will be, uh, will be there over the weekend and just spending the day out. Um, I think we're going to watch the eclipse up on a hill with uh, some sheep and cows. Very cool. Yes. I'll so be downtown Nashville with 65 million people. Yeah, I think it's going to be just us, uh, kids, grandparents, maybe my cousin uh, who owns the sheep and cows. On a hill in uh, Cheatham County. That's uh, Robertson County, yes. Okay. So anyway, um, we're, we're looking forward to that. And then I'm sure I'll see you uh, in the, the couple of days before the ERLC National Conference. I'm going to come downtown uh, to catch up with a few people. And then, um, and then we'll be uh, at Opryland Hotel. And maybe uh, we'll see some of our listeners there. Yep, we'll be recording live from the lobby at Opryland Hotel probably. <laughs> <laughs> like Phoenix uh, all over the, again. Like, yeah, one of the like 14 lobbies. Yes. I'm sure we'll be able to find a spot. Well, in the, the Delta, the Mississippi Delta Atrium or something like that. I don't know what it's called. Um, yes. But uh, that, that should be fun. Always a great time with our friends over at the ERLC. If you see us next week at the ERLC National Conference, be sure to, to say hello. Uh, grab a sticker. We'll have those as well, a podcast sticker. We'll get that to you. Have a pack of those with us. And uh, we will see you next week. See you next week. 